friends, Jaylin here from Team Brilliant, and you're listening to the Brilliant Perspectives podcast. When I say the names Sarah, Caleb, Joshua, and Gideon, what do all of these people from the Bible have in common? Well, they were each confronted with the logic of their difficult or discouraging circumstances. Yet, something completely beautiful happened when they learned to let go of their own reasoning and simply move into a place of faith and trust. Today, we're talking about activating this relational gospel, where we learn to value God's wisdom in ways above our natural understanding. Let's hand it over to Graham Cook as he explores more about becoming unstuck from the limitations of logic. Hi, and welcome to our next episode of Letter 7 from the Nature of Freedom. We're so glad you're accepting this invitation to come unstuck. You know, people get stuck for all kinds of reasons, and rarely is the way out found through logic and reason alone. We can hear a fresh truth that hands us a key, but until we've had a living encounter with that truth, it remains just a concept. People become stuck when they value logic and reason above God's wisdom and His ways of thinking that produce faith and trust. A mediocre gospel says to go ahead and believe. Just don't get unreasonable or otherworldly about it. But Isaiah 55, 9 clearly says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So, the God who feeds 5,000 with a few loaves and fish, the God who takes walled cities by telling the soldiers to march in circles and shout, the God who reduces an army of 30,000 to 300 is not a logical God. (laughs) The nature of God is constant and unchanging, but what he will do next may be totally unpredictable. Often we put logic and reason above God's wisdom and higher ways of seeing and thinking. Then we make ourselves captive to a reasonable gospel that has been reduced to manageable human proportions ones that do not require trust or faith, and and that's where we get stuck. Encounters and experiences with God are powerful and essential in relational learning. They are our opportunity to unlearn our dependence on logic and reason. Nothing wrong in logic and reason, but we're living a relational gospel through trust and faith, and often those don't appear to be that logical so that when we embrace God's higher ways of trust, faith, and patience that come from intimacy and relationship with Him, that's how we live. But one of the reasons we can miss an everyday encounter is because they often don't appear to make sense to us. I wonder if Jeremiah was perplexed when he was told to go visit the potter's house. What about the woman at the well with Jesus in John chapter 4? She seems puzzled by the concept of living water. 
Then of course my favorite, Gideon, was completely perplexed by the angel's greeting. Hello, valiant warrior. I bet that was the last thing he felt. Of course, we all know that logic and reason are not inherently wrong, so we're not saying that. But when they become our primary source for peace, faith, and trust, then we can only rest once we've figured out everything for ourselves. So we've just removed faith and trust from the picture. And we settle for so much less than God has on offer for us. If we're going to encounter true peace, Philippians 4, 7 says clearly that it will surpass our understanding. So as we explore this next part of letter, of letter 7, stop for a moment. Push the pause button and consider Isaiah 55, 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Again, just let your heart right now go out to him in thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, that as the heavens are higher than the earth, your ways are higher than my ways. And your thoughts are so wonderfully higher than mine. Thank you for the mind of Christ so that I can learn to think with you. Doesn't that just recalibrate your heart and your mind into the same place? That's really what a devotional lifestyle is, just turning your heart to the Lord and aligning with Him. So simple, an Englishman can do it. I love the faith chapter in Hebrews 11. It's by faith that we understand that without faith it's impossible to please God. So obviously peace is going to be part of the equation in your life, in your circumstances. He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's a simple process. Believe that God is with you and for you. Secondly, he loves to reward simple trust and faith. Thirdly, so we practice seeking him calmly and confidently. And fourthly, we don't allow the urgency of our situation to take away from the importance of peace and presence. So today, I'm going to read you the first paragraph on page 66. Listen to this. After all, is anything too hard for me? Is there any situation where I cannot be magnificent towards you? I know how to deal with every eventuality. In truth, you're not much of a challenge to the power of my loving kindness, my goodness, my joy, and my patience. Those two questions change the game. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there any situation 
in which I cannot be magnificent towards you? <clears throat> this is the question that the Lord asked Sarah when she laughed at his promise of a son in uh, Genesis 18:14. She and Abraham were old, and the promise of a child no longer made any sense at all. And the question God asked to us, Sarah, is anything too hard for the Lord? And the actual translation in Hebrew is, is there any situation in which God cannot be magnificent towards you? It's my solemn duty to report to you that the answer is, nah, no, no situation. Here's the thing, God cares for you deeply and he's not remotely worried about anything connected with your circumstances. Question, why is it that we put such a value on worry as a sign of caring? You know, when Jesus was asleep uh, in the boat on the storm on the lake, remember that one? That's what the, dis the disciples accused him of. Don't you care that we could perish? I've heard it so many times. When I remain in a place of peace and rest during times of turmoil. Well, Graham, I can see that you're not worried with a clear inference that if I cared for the people involved, I would worry with them. Hmm. We can be so silly at times, eh? Is there any situation in which I cannot be magnificent towards you? Such a great question. The thing I like about it is there's so much rest, so much peace, so much abundance in those words. I remember an encounter with the Lord almost 10 years ago now, where he invaded my time of contemplation with a question like that. Graham, what would it take for you to believe that I am unceasingly magnificent towards you. <laughs> and I realized I didn't even have the capacity to grasp that thought. But he knew that we'd be talking about it for at least a decade, and it's been 10 years, and I'm still joyfully exploring that question with him. It's such a great part of our relationship, the constant reminder this is what I'm doing with you, son. And each time taking it to a, a different level in a different situation. I've had many great answers and experiences in exploring Jesus. And I have hundreds more to come. I think that's exciting. But very few of them have been rooted in logical reason. Just saying. Why? Because the Lord's question to me launched me into a new relationship with Him. One that is based on faith and trust in someone who is far greater than I. When we depend on logic, then our perspective of God and ourselves is going to become extremely limited. And it will quickly become inaccurate. That's what happened to the 12 spies in Canaan. Ten of them saw giants and felt they were grasshoppers by comparison. That's weird reasoning. 
Caleb saw giants as prey because he knew God's majesty and he was trusting in someone. And that's why God said he's a man of a different spirit. That's Numbers chapter 14, 24. When you get time, just for fun, read Numbers chapters 13 and 14 and see for yourself. The truth is here, beloved, you're not much of a challenge to God. Everything you need to become, everything he created you to be, he put it into Christ and it's all available because he put you in there with Christ into that space. So there is no situation. There's no lack on your part in which he cannot be magnificent towards you. Not always just in the resolution of our situations, but also in the unceasing, unrelenting beauty of his higher ways that surround us in a peace that passes all understanding. So what does God have for you to encounter in that question? Which is, is there any situation in which I cannot be magnificent towards you? My other favorite question is, Lord, what do you want to be for me now that you couldn't be at any other time? I love that question because it just opens you up to who he is. And what I'm really wanting is, what is your encounter of his goodness, joy, peace, patience, and kindness that he has for you in the circumstances that you're in? Don't miss that. Sometimes we get so hung up on the destination, we forget to enjoy the journey. We get so troubled by the circumstance that we don't realize we need to be energized by the presence. That's God's first thing here, is let me give you myself so that you relax. Hey friends, how would life change if you could experience God's daily delight in you? If you want to hear more of today's clip or enjoy access to soaking sessions and daily devotions, you can discover all of that and so much more by clicking the link in the episode description to join us on Brilliant TV. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you here next time.